if i could get one more person to just follow their gut and do something that they might be a little bit afraid of and just go ahead and take that risk because it's something that they want to do for themselves and they feel that it's right then i'll consider myself a success welcome back to a new season of big little choices this is shri and i'm so excited to bring you more stories more inspiring choices and more opportunities for all of us to learn about what other amazing women and mothers are doing we really want the season to inspire you and to make a choice or choices that are right for you if you've heard episodes from the previous season i hope your takeaway was that you can make an unconventional choice stay true to yourself and still have a happy ending hope you enjoy the show i'm very excited to welcome back anjali to this episode of the podcast for those of you who remember anjali was our very first guest on the show and talked about how she and her husband quit their jobs and decided to travel for 7 months with their two toddlers. Anjali is back and we caught up on whether her and her husband's choice to hit pause on their careers, live out of a single suitcase and be with their kids 24/7 for 7 months was indeed a good choice. So quickly remind us what the objectives and the intention behind this trip were. Our goals for our trip I would say were about 5. One was to create a stronger bond between our kids and each other and our family back in India. Two was to really nurture the kids learning through experiences and travel. Three was to create lifelong memories. Four was I really wanted to be happy with less and be live a pretty minimalist lifestyle versus chasing after the next big thing. And five was to be more open-minded. seeing the world and seeing different cultures and open hearted and just return with a renewed spirit and so talk me through your itinerary for those 7 months because it was fairly extensive and a lot of planning went into it right so we started our journey on june 15th and we spent two and a half months going through 11 countries in europe we largely drove we drove more than 7 and a half thousand miles in our little white peugeot and then we ended the time in europe with some flying and then we flew to india at the end of the summer and while we made india a base we did a lot of in and out trips we explored africa by touching mauritius we explored the middle east by touching jordan without the kids so that we got some couple time and then we did close to a month in southeast asia and a few trips within india and then ended our trip in central america with belize and guatemala before returning back to the states wow that sounds amazing so it's almost like around the world in like 7 months right yeah yeah it was amazing to experience so many different continents and cultures i think the highlight for me of your whole trip was the fact that you took your two kids Your daughter then was about a year and a half, right? And your son was a little over three, right? And you both decided you're going to quit your jobs, pack your bags, leave the Bay Area, and then travel the world. Yeah. So traveling with one kid in itself can be fairly challenging, just for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So I really want to hear more about, and I think also a lot of women who listen to the show who have young kids would probably want to hear more about what were the best and I want to say the most challenging parts of your trip. Sure. Uh yeah, I, you know, we've loved to travel both my husband and I have that ingrained in us. So we never wanted that we should stop pursuing our passion once we had kids. We always found a way to integrate it even before this trip. And uh I think some of the best parts were just one how the kids learned to 
bond and interact with each other. My younger one had a dramatic progression in her speech because of the time that she spent with her older brother and with her parents. And uh, that was really great to watch. Uh, my older one was growing into a caring, mature, you know, three and a half year old and really doting on his sister, um, taking care of her when she was afraid. The second thing we learned was, you know, scarcity cultivates creativity and how we traveled very minimalist. We had one bag and barely any toys for the kids. Uh, and it was great to just watch them create something out of nothing. They would create these imaginary play kitchens where they would cook up imaginary meals. They would sing Hindi songs that they learned in India, sometimes not even knowing what they mean. And then they would play together with, you know, random objects that they would find in the hotels because they didn't have toys. So just watching their collective creative minds at work was really cool to see. And then the third thing I would say is how how adaptable they became. You know, of course, we were a little bit worried about how are they going to manage, you know, multiple flights and all these different journeys and jet lag and different food. They just learned to adapt. It's it's incredible to see how young kids can adapt and humans are born to adapt. So as long as you, you know, we tried to stick to their schedule as much as we could, but it was just great to see how adaptable they were to different foods, different hotel rooms every three or four days, sometimes even less than that. So many different journeys and they just took it in their stride. And I think the most gratifying moment for me, or one of them was when my two-year-old daughter, when we were walking back to the hotel room one night said, oh, there, we've reached home. And I just smiled because I said, here's a two-year-old who considers her hotel room for the night now her home. That's incredible, right? So, I mean, it really speaks to how you probably taught them to adapt to wherever they are. And it's where the parents are, that's their home. It's where they're staying for the night, that's their home. It's where their belongings are. And it's amazing because I think we get so hung up in the physical spaces that we live in and making them all about like accumulating toys and accumulating stuff and less about the experience. So it's incredible that with one suitcase, you guys traveled for seven months your kids became so creative and still seem to have had the best time. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we did it. And you did ask about challenges. Some of the challenges I would say were encountered in places where we felt that, you know, if we sort of stretched and went to a little bit of a nicer restaurant than we were traditionally accustomed to with the kids, or we even in some cases countries and people weren't as welcoming of the kids, I think those were instances where we felt a little uncomfortable. But, you know, it, we didn't ever think that it was the kids that were at fault. We thought it was more, um, you know, the attitude of, of the people. And there's obviously different cultures. And in particular, I would say the French are, are raised their kids in a, in a different manner, which, you know, is great for their kids because they're very well behaved, we found. Unlike our kids, which, you know, are raised more American and are given more free reign to run around and, and sort of express themselves the way they want as long as they're safe. Uh, so we, we found that little bit of a difference in culture, which made it a little bit challenging, I would say, with young kids in France. But in, by contrast, in Spain and the southern parts of Europe, it was so great. They were so welcoming, so laissez-faire that we loved being there. So one of the things that I still remember from our first conversation together was when you were talking about the challenges you anticipated for the trip. And you said that as a couple, you were going to get less quality time together. And you had both made a deliberate intention to 
step it up in both of your individual roles as parents, but also as, you know, in your relationship and as a couple. So I'm curious to hear how all of this travel, again, travel with young kids, no consistent babysitters, no consistent nannies to watch your kids. How did that impact your relationship, if at all? I think, you know, if there's one thing that we didn't fully appreciate, it was uh, how little time my husband and I would get to spend with each other as a couple. We thought that we would get to spend a lot of time together. And the whole time in Europe, while we had babysitters once a week or so, uh, we still felt that we didn't you know, watching the kids 24-7 is a huge task when they're both so young and we didn't feel like we got enough time to bond as a couple because of that. We also had a huge respect for people that are teachers or nannies or stay-at-home moms and dads because it takes a tremendous amount of patience to be able to be calm and, and guide your kids 24-7. So we, we did develop that that we may not have, have thought about so much before. But that, that's the one thing. When we, when we finished Europe, we thought, okay, when we get to India, we'll get to spend more time as a couple. And while we did, uh, it probably wasn't as much as we had hoped because the help was more fleeting and, and less reliable than we had anticipated. Family was there but had a lot of other things that were going on that were also very important for them to take care of. So it just uh, it, it became hard for us to find a lot of time together, but we made the most of it with two trips that we took without the kids. So great. So it sounds like for the most part, it was a fabulous trip, but you know, as expected, there were some challenges along the way. So. With all that in mind, do you think that the choice to travel so extensively was worth it? Yes, absolutely. I think I wouldn't change anything we did at all. I'm so, so glad that we listened to our gut and followed our instinct and decided to do it. Because, uh, and you know, if there's one successful thing that comes out of, out of this and, and our trip, it would be if I can get one other person to follow their gut and follow their instinct and do something that they may be a little bit afraid of and take that risk because it just was so gratifying and such a great experience to do it and now that we've come back you know we said this was kind of easy we should do it again <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm so 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 happy that we did it so what are your reflections from the trip so I would say that definitely you know it was all about the, the small moments uh, so while we were really excited about seeing some very famous sites like Petra in Jordan and Angkor Wat in Cambodia, uh, and those were amazing and awe-inspiring, but really what we learned was that the way we travel transformed. It became a way of life, so it was about experiencing the small moments, there was adventure, there was exploration, there was discovery, but we were just spending time as a family and it, it wasn't so much about seeing the 25th church in Europe or seeing the, the last temple or checking things off a list. It was, let's do what we want today and if today we just want to hang out in the park or hang out in the beach and we don't really want to see stuff, that's fine because we were. this is a way of life. And I think that transformation happened within probably gradually, but after five or six weeks of, of extensive travel. And, and then we just weren't pressured. We were doing exactly what we pleased at the pace that we wanted. There was no FOMO. And that, that really was the turning point where it changed from, quote, a vacation to a way of life. And I think integrating that and as a family was, was really gratifying. What encouraged you to sort of take a step back and say, 
it's not about checking off all of the boxes of the places or the experiences we have in this place, but rather like, you know, making this more about just the way of life right now. I think it was just a, a gradual progression that happened. I don't think it's we that was our intent. It was just something that we that we realized as we started going through it that you know we're not just here to see things. This is a this is a life experience. We want memories for life. And if those memories come from having a gelato outside our hotel, then that's a great memory. And it's not that we didn't see things. Of course we did. We saw a lot of things and we experienced a lot of things like touching elephants and bathing them in Thailand and being part of the Lantern Festival, which the kids participated in, which was so unique. And so we did do a lot of things and we did see a lot of things, but we didn't feel like we had to do every single thing. So it was more an organic change that happened. So what would be your advice to other families who might be thinking about a similar choice as yours? I would say just go and do it um, because it, what's the most important thing when you look back is, is your family and your memories. And we created a blog, uh, twolittlewanderers.com, and that's really what I think we will take back with us from this trip. I'm so glad we were able to record the little things because even today when we go back and read it, we can talk to our kids about, remember that time when we did this and share those pictures? And it's amazing, especially my now four-year-old, how much he remembers because he can tell you details of you know the hotel we stayed in and where the pool was and what we did on on that part of our trip and so it's amazing how much he remembers we didn't have any expectation that they would remember things it was more about there would be an inherent bond that would form but if they remembered it great and if they didn't that's fine too but they really especially my older one remembers really cool details which is which is really great so overall sounds like a great trip choice well made yes. and you're ready to like move on to the next phase of your yeah, and I think you asked about reflections. I think that's another thing, you know, stepping away really uh, makes you realize what's, what values are important to you, gives you that new perspective. And uh, for us, it was a lot of, we've traveled the world, we've seen so much. There's something special about the place we used to call home before that made us want to return there. And also in giving us perspective in what we want to do going forward, really stepping away from that corporate rat race and being able to to reflect on our values, to decide what's important to us as we go into the next phase of our, of our lives. That was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your reflections. So to wrap up, we're going to do a quick rapid fire and I'm going to ask you a set of questions and um, see what you think about them. So what was your favorite destination? San Sebastian in Spain. Why? Uh, the mix of incredible food and wine, the laissez-faire attitude of the Spanish people towards their kids and other people's kids, and then the incredible public beaches that were, and the stunning landscape. What was your least favorite destination? If I had to pick one, and I loved every part of our journey, but if I had to pick one, I would say I alluded to the French uh, having a different attitude towards kids, which made it a little challenging to be there with such young kids. And what is your favorite memory from the trip? It's so hard to pick, but I think it was Chiang Mai in Thailand from we got to plant rice paddies with live music playing in the background to being there during the Lantern Festival and lighting thousands of lanterns into the sky with other tourists and locals alike and watching those float into, into the sky. Gorgeous. And on the other end, which place would you never go back to? 
I don't know that there's a place I would never go back to. Jordan was phenomenal, uh, but it's one of those bucket list things that you see once and it's incredible, um, but then you've seen it. That being said, it was my husband's favorite destination from the whole trip. <laughs> That's awesome. And the final question, I know you and your husband like the good life. How many bottles of wine do you think you drank on the entire trip? I'm just going to take a guess on this one, but I'm going to say probably over 400 glasses. Oh my goodness. Not bottles, glasses. Okay, okay, but that still sounds like a, like a reasonable amount of wine. He- heavily weighted towards Europe because we were drinking in the day and in the evenings um, and then lighter once we reached it. It sounds like a successful trip right there. <laughs> it was. So thank you, Ange. It was so great to catch up and hear your reflections on whether you thought the choice to travel the way you did made sense for your family or not. And we can't wait to see what your next adventure is and where you travel and what you do from here on. Thank you. I love the trip and love being back on your show. Thank you for listening to this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back soon with another interview. And until then, if you have any feedback or comments on the kinds of choices you want to hear more about, let me know.